return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. And the rest of us, let's just stand for a minute. Did you bring your Bible? Uh, in fact, uh, look. Did your, see if your neighbor brought a Bible, but look at their Bible and look and see if it looks used. Open it up a second and see if it looks used at all, or if it's just very, maybe it's brand new and pristine, but otherwise it should look a little used, you know what I mean? Uh, it should look used if it's like, uh, I like to underline, I like to star things, I will put dates in there and so forth, amen. Amen, hallelujah. So say it with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Uh, welcome to those who would join us on Facebook Live or would also uh, maybe YouTube or the church uh, network and so forth. God bless you for that, for just being with us today. We bless you in the name of Jesus, amen. And if you ever feel free to share some, just hit the share button and pass it on to other people as well. Hallelujah. So John 15 is the first verse, and is this... Uh, uh, um, is, is a good verse. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So, so the purpose, God working in our lives is he wants to produce fruit in us, all right? So he wants us, he wants our lives to be full of good fruit, good fruit. Uh, fruit that not only blesses us, of course, but it blesses people around us. It blesses your family, blesses your home and, and uh, uh, people on your job. I think, uh, Christians, I think Christians should be nice people. I think, I think when people work around us, they should think, wow, that's a, he's sure nice, or she's sure nice. I think we should have smiles on our face. I know that the world has got all kinds of adversity, but let's understand, if we're Christians, we should know that he's bigger than the adversity. Jesus said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, and Jesus lives in us. So we don't want to look, walk around looking like we're sour, down, depressed, <laughs> All that, we want to look around uh, uh, like, hey, I got a basket full of fruit and allow people to feel or taste this fruit that's in our lives. Amen. Of course, there's the fruit of the Holy Spirit and all of those things. So Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser taking care of it and so forth. The implication, of course, if you think about it, if he's the true vine, there must be a false vine. Okay, so if he's, if he's the true vine and that's where we grow fruit from, then there must also be a false vine. Now, the scripture in Revelation, that next verse, just says this, The angel thrust in a sickle into the earth, gathered the vine of the earth, and threw it in the great winepress of the wrath of God. So there is a worldly vine also. 
Now, when we, when we come into this world and we're living in this world, we're all attached to the worldly vine. And so we, we, we get born again. Thank you, Jesus, attached into Jesus. But, but we still have to rid ourselves of that worldly vine. Attachments, things that we do and so forth that we're trying to draw life out of that's, that's never going to produce life. Amen. So we have to understand that, that because there's a worldly vine, the worldly vine is producing fruit too. Okay, amen. And everything the devil does, he tries to mirror what Jesus does, only it's counterfeit. The devil tries to tell people, you can have life with all the other things of the world, but really there is no life. I, I used to think there was life in alcohol. No, there's no life in alcohol. <laughs> it's only depressive, you know. So, so uh, people might think there's life in, in uh, sexual relationship. No, no, there's, there's an end to that too. So, so there's the, the true vine bears good fruit. The false vine, or for the vine of the world, also bears fruit that wants to mirror good fruit. And that's what attracts people. The people think, well, they're doing okay, and they're having fun, and they, you know, and leads people away to try to take on the fruit that's out there. So how do you know the difference, though? The difference is you have to inspect the fruit. You have to look at what's being produced, and, and that means you're probably close enough. You can't tell in this basket probably what's real and what's not real from, this, from your distance. But you have to be close enough to understand a co-worker, people you know, whatever, people in church sometimes. You have to be close enough to realize, are they producing real fruit or is it fake? Does it just sound right, you know? And folks, we live in a world where people can have all the kinds of Christian slogans, but their personal life just doesn't line up. So really, you know, how we, you could fool me in any church setting, oh, praise the Lord, pastor, praise the Lord, you know, and yet producing all kinds of fake fruit. So you have to be close enough, you have to actually look at the fruit, look at it, examine it, I'm not talking about the person now, we're looking at the fruit, Amen. Looking at the fruit to see once what's real and what's fake. So in Matthew 3, Jesus uh, addressing some religious people. And, and uh, he called them a brood of vipers. Now, they were, they were, these were knowledgeable people. They were Jews. They were educated. They were spiritual. But he called them a brood of vipers. And then he said, therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. So in other words, let's produce some other fruit then you're, you're, what you're producing now is not good. Let's produce some other fruit that shows repentance. Don't say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you, this God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. So, so he's just saying your actions should demonstrate repentance. Your actions should demonstrate fruit. So we're not just holding on to our words. We're not just holding on to our words, but we're holding on to our actions. Amen? See, because, because they can say, well, Abraham's our father. So their words were all right, but their actions were wrong. So you examine the fruit and you try to look at stuff and you see, well, now, what is, what is the actual production from this? What's taking place from this? Matthew 23. Jesus was talking and he spoke to the multitudes, the scribes and Pharisees. Now, I want to point out something. Jesus was clear 
to draw lines as far as, you know, he didn't speak in a vague way. Multitudes of people are there, and he's going to address the scribes and the Pharisees. All right? He's going to address them. And what he's addressing is that he's addressing the aspect of fruit. He's addressing the aspect of their lives. A lot of times in America, people don't want to actually face up, well, we can't say this, we can't say that. You can say something pretty clear that's gospel. So he, drew, he made it clear. He says, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. Now, this is a seat of judgment. And whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but don't do according to their works. Because they say one thing, but they do another thing. <laughs> Which, of course, is, is uh, how a lot of life is, right? So you want to be close enough. In other words, what is Jesus saying? He says, don't just take somebody at their word. Don't just someone... We all can say anything, okay? However, we want to have something back it up that's a lifestyle. You want to back it up with a lifestyle. You want to back it up with credibility. You know, you want... Someone, someone, someone said, they said, you should have character, prefer character before gifts. Because people, some people can be tremendously gifted and do all kinds of things, but their character is all bad. <laughs> you know, just not living the life. So you have to examine stuff. Don't take someone's word for it just because someone says, someone can say, thus saith the Lord! Like someone this last week, someone, big prophetic voice, thus saith the Lord, I have, I, have not, I have not removed my hand from America. Yeah, great, I read my Bible, I know that's true. You know, these aren't, these aren't, some people make huge proclamations, oh, that's great, boy, his hand's not lifted from America. Of course it's not lifted from America. And it's not lifted from Afghanistan. And it's not lifted from Iraq. Or, or North Korea, or places that are very, very oppressive, or India. No, he's just choosing to work with all these places. Why? Because he's trying to get people saved. This is the time to save people, right? <laughs> there will be a day of judgment, of course. You know, it's like someone prophesies, there's going to be hurricanes and, and earthquakes. And Yep, yep, I read that in my Bible. And and people fall over this stuff, you know. Wow, they just prophesied that. Folks, you just read your Bible. Like, okay, I know that's true. I'm like reading, you know, tomorrow's headlines today. You don't have to have a prophet tell you things. That's That's not even prophetic. That's just read your Bible. Okay, I already know tomorrow's headlines. I already know tomorrow's headlines today if I read my Bible. So, so we don't want to be blown away by words. <laughs> People are spiritual. Wow, they, they really hear God. <laughs> Folks, you hear Him every day right here. So when I read this, folks, I look in the future. Oh, that's not, that doesn't blow me away. It's like when something happens. You know what a lot of people do? Something happens to me. Oh, we've got to go to prayer right now. Uh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I'm living in prayer. And I'm not exaggerating right now. I'm living in his presence. I'm living in his revival. So if some flashy headline comes tomorrow, oh boy, we've got to do this now. Well, if you're reading your Bible, you're already ready for it. It's not like a little panic attack. We've got we to get something going. We've got to pray now. Well, Jesus, how do you, you suppose he knows tomorrow? I think he does. 
If he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and he wrote the book of Revelation, I think he already knows about it. So when we follow the word of God, it keeps us stable. Say stable. It's like, it's like you're standing. A good posture if you're standing, you, you know, you feel stable, right? If I know I'm going to face something, I, po- I position myself like this. It's like if, I, if I'm in sports and I know some guy's going to hit me, I'm not going to stand like this, like a tall little statue, get chopped down. No, no, I position myself because I'm, gonna, I'm ready to take a blow. You come, come on there. I will take a hit here, but I'm, I'm going to position myself. I've got myself braced, got a foot here, a foot here. I lower my center of gravity and I'm ready. That's how I want to live life. That's why I, how I want to live life. The devil might come. Boom. Hey, that all you got? I mean, Jesus is bigger than the devil. There's not a contest. It's not like, oh, this is big warfare. No, it's not a big contest here. He's already won the battle. Amen. He's already won the battle. So when we're in the word, it brings stability to our lives. Amen. Let's look at James chapter one. So we're looking at fruit here. So James one, he said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Now, there's an important thing here of application. Because the danger for any of us is that I know a lot of scripture, but not doing scripture. Right? So if, I, if I'm applying Scripture, my stability grows. All right? It's like, it's like a psalmist says, your feet are enlarged. The footprint of your feet, they're enlarged. In other words, there's a bigger uh, plant of stability. So, so if we're a doer of the Word, then something good's happening. If I'm just hearing it, gathering information, then I'm, I'm in the process of actually deceiving myself. Because I think... Yeah, I know this. Yeah, I already know that. Okay, know this. And so the fruit I may be producing might not be good. Matthew 13, Jesus said, Whoever receives the seed in the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, or does it, and he bears fruit and produces hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. The, the important thing is that he produces something and it's good fruit. Amen? So, so bearing good fruit is related to doing the word of God. Here's the word, understands it, does something with it. That's, that's the relationship there that we have. And that's what God wants to produce in us is good fruit. That's what we want to be sensitive about, what we're listening from others even. Is it, is it good or not good? The scripture says in Matthew 7 that Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And you will know them by their fruits. Now this is, sometimes that's tough because, you know, you don't, we don't know a lot of people personally. So you, you may not know what's going on in their life, but you have to line it up like, did it come to pass? Amen. In other words, they say one thing, did it happen? All right. You will know them by the fruits. Men, do men gather grapes from thorns? No. Or figs from thistles? Every good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. Now, this, is, this happens, of course, over a process of time. But it's interesting, he said, the false prophets, they're going to look like, they might look like Christians. All right. It's like I saw somebody the other day and, 
And, uh, uh, you know, he had a cross on. And uh, working, working and so forth, he had a cross. Hey, I like your cross. Yeah, I like jewelry. <laughs> What's guy, huh? He's obviously not on the same side of the thing as I was, you know. I like jewelry. Hey, good, okay, you know. To me, it means something, you know. And I said that. that. That really means something to me. He likes jewelry. So, so you can't tell. You know, people say, oh, I like, you know, I got this cross on, and they think, you think, oh, they must be a Christian. Well, you, you can't assume that. Right? It's like, it's like the, the Olympics thing. Pastor Rannon was watching the one Olympics thing. The one American runner gets up to thank God for helping, and then the Islamic runner gets up, and she thanks God for helping. So they both thank God. Different gods, right? How are people going to know? To, to Actually, to NBC, it's like, oh, this was nice, because this is nice politically correct. They all thank God, you know? And there's it's all this harmony. And I'm sure the Christian, of course, and she is a Christian, but her, her relationship is with Jesus Christ. But publicly, it's all thanking God. So it all looks the same. So you have to look, you have to inspect fruit to stop and think, is it, is it real or not? You know, you, you take a couple things, you look at them, and you think, wow, this, which, which is real? Now, the false prophets, notice it says they come in sheep's clothing. Well, I have clothing on, thank God. It's a bigger deal than when they come in sheep's skin. Entirely different. Sheep's clothing or sheep's skin? I have skin. Got two oranges. One has skin, one does not. The real one has the skin. The fake one does not. It's just a covering. It's a disguise. It's fake. So how do you know the difference? Well, you've got to be close enough to discern and, and not be gullible enough to believe everything you hear. See, sometimes people will hear someone say, the Lord told me, and they go, wow, the Lord told him that. You don't even know the person. <laughs> don't even know the person. I'm not, I'm not going to listen to anybody like that. Okay, well, the Lord told him, we'll see if it happens. Because most of the time it doesn't. I'm, very, I'm a very particular person. I will catalog things to see, did it happen or did it not? Even through this last couple of years, wow, the voices. Woo! Wrong, 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 wrong. And very few apologized. Very few people said, I was wrong, I missed it. You know what the hard thing about pastoring a church is? If you say something, people are there, they know you, they're going to know, did it happen or not? You can have a TV program, or you can have a big ministry, and you can say something, and no accountability. No accountability. No one coming up to him and saying, hey, wait a minute, you said this was going to happen, and it didn't happen. No, they're not listening to those emails. No accountability. So the difference between sheep's clothing and sheep's skin. One has skin, one has not. One is just covered and fake. One is real. So you have to examine it. Oh, it's got a skin. All right? It's real. Something of substantial. So, so you don't believe just everything you hear. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be gullible. People, 
People have answers in our world. People have answers for everything. In our world, there's the Internet. (laughs) So you can get answers for everything, so to speak, you know. And you have to always gauge things. I mean, listen, listen, there's times like, so the danger, the danger when you're public, a public person, and you tell people what's going on is everybody's going to have an answer for you. We found that out when our daughter was sick. And everybody comes out of the woods, you should do this, and you should do this, and the Lord told me this, and the Lord told me that. (laughs) For 12 years, we endured that from Christians. When I got cancer, I made a choice to tell people the church publicly because I knew I was going to face some stuff. And we did. We prayed. But then I had pastors coming out of the woodwork. You should do this. This is what you should take because this heals cancer. And this is the latest thing. This is what you should do. Of course, they were taking it. And there was a cost to it. And you should buy into the program. And they died. I had a pastor come up to me, another pastor. Come on. You should do this and this. You should take this. Boy, this really works. This is the thing. This is this. You get the subscription. You buy this up. This really works. And, and he died. I guess it didn't work for them, did it? The Lord told me, you're not going to need that surgery. The Lord told me, you're not going to need that surgery. You can hear all kinds of stuff, folks. And you just have to, you just have to be stable. You know, I, I just tell people, thank you. Thank you. Not going to do it. Doesn't bear witness. If you followed everything somebody asked you to do, folks, you'd be tossed with so many different winds, you wouldn't know which end is up. You wouldn't know what direction you're going. You'd be spun around a thousand times. You should do this. You should do that. You should do there. You should go here. You should. So you have to inspect fruit. You have to stop and look at things, you know, look at the actions. Amen. Fruit has actions. So we inspect the fruit. Jesus said, you're going to know them by their fruits. In other words, they're going to produce something, right? They're going to, there's going to be a basket of fruit that may or may not be good. Amen? So what is Jesus saying here? You should inspect it. And then he's saying here, this is how trees produce things. Do I have verse 20 up there? Maybe I don't. Do I have verse 20? Therefore, you shall know them by their fruit. Pretty basic, right? Matthew 21. So, Jesus said, what do you think? A man had two sons. He said to the one first, go go to the vineyard today and work. And the guy said, I'm not going. Afterward, he regretted and went. Look at the next verses there. So, he comes back, the second son. He said, hey, go, go. And he said, hey, I'm going to go. And he didn't do it. And he said, well, which of the two did the will of his father? So what's the fruit here? And the guy said, well, the first did. And Jesus said, you know what? Tax collectors, harlots. Pretty, pretty bold thing. He's talking to a religious person. Tax collectors, harlots are going to go in the kingdom before you do. Wow. You know. So he's saying what we do brings fruit in our life. Brings a lot of fruit. Very important. There was a time years ago, a very large ministry in the United States, 
and a number of ministries got involved in this. And so it was all a ministry where you submitted yourself to the leaders and then they told you what to do in your life. And, uh, uh, wow, you know, I mean, told like, should I marry this person or that person? And they would tell you, marry that person. I mean, weird stuff. This is all spirit-filled stuff in the United States. And people would go to leaders and they would hear from the leaders what they should do. We had, we had some people come to our church like this. And so then they started to ask me, what should I do? And I said, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not my life. You make your decision. No, no, but you're the pastor. You're the one in authority in this. And I said, yeah, I'm the pastor. I'm an authority, but I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. You shouldn't let anybody tell you how to live your life other than Jesus Christ. That's our messages for seven weeks or whatever when I talked on listening to the Holy Spirit, right? Having the mind of Christ, growing in maturity. This is the time where God is preparing us. What if the church someday in the United States went underground? And underground means it just became invisible. And they no longer met in buildings like this. And they no longer met on a Sunday morning. And so where would we be in hearing the voice of God in meeting together? Where would we be in those days if that happened? So we learn, we learned a couple of things. One, we learn to trust each other, right? You trust each other with your life that you're not going to betray me. Because the Bible does say brother turns on brother. Parents turn on kids, kids on parents and so forth. So you learn to trust each other. You learn to trust the character in each other. The second thing is you learn to hear the voice of God in getting together. Someone says, you know, this week we're going to meet at 930. And it's not like, oh, this week we meet at the same time every week. No, no, no. It's all mixed up. The deck is shuffled all the time. This week we're meeting at 930. We're meeting at this address. Oh, next week we're meeting at 7 at this address. Well, the next week we're meeting at 6 in the morning at that address. See, these are things, see, in character and fruit and so forth, we're trusting each other in the things of God. James, let's go to, uh, I'm going to skip some verses. Let's go to James 3 a second. So James 3 says, can a fig tree bear olives? No. So in other words, we, we as Christians should bear the heart of Jesus. So what should be evident in my life is Jesus Christ. The things of Jesus Christ, right? So that's what we should produce. So, so who's wise and understanding among you? Let him show by his good conduct that his works are done in meekness and wisdom. So he's saying there that we demonstrate, not just our words, but we demonstrate our actions, or it says our good conduct by our works and so forth. So again, we say this thing, watch their feet. Principle of the path, book that Sharon had years ago and so forth. Direction, not intention, is going to lead to your destination. Can say one thing, but if I'm going the wrong direction, I'm never going to arrive. So my words and my actions have to line up to produce the fruit of Jesus Christ. They both go together. And once we produce fruit... Once you have something that's real and so forth, then you have to maintain it. So a relationship with Jesus Christ, this is a lifelong journey till the day I die, right? I'm living for Jesus. So it's not like you're just doing this for a while. No, you're doing this for the rest of your life, living for Jesus. You have to maintain the relationship.
maintain the fruit. Turn to your neighbor, use the word maintain. Let's go to Jude, the book of Jude a second. The book of Jude says this, that people have gone astray, and it says how they've gone you know, astray, after the way of Cain, greed and so forth, erred, gossip, Korah, Korah's rebellion. Now, it says, notice what it says. These are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. In other words, no they're not, uh, uh, no fear of God, no respect of the word of God, all right? But they've lived a life, Cain, a life of hate, uh, uh, Balaam, a life of greed, Kor, a life of gossip, and so forth like that. Notice what it says, they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Now it says, clouds without water. In other words, they present something, but no substance. Notice what it says, carried about of winds. All kinds of winds blow. And their Bible refers to winds of doctrine even. That can, some, you know, if you take scripture out of context, and they're winds of doctrine to get people off center from the truth in following Jesus Christ. Got to be in balance. We, we were in a group years ago that had so many things right and yet so many things wrong. And got people, got people off centered and totally on a whole other tangent following another gospel of Jesus Christ. Very, very, very sad stuff. So notice what it says. They, they don't have fear. They're not fearing God and so forth. They don't have the production, clouds without water, carried about with winds. Now notice, trees whose fruit withered. Now what is this implied? This implies they were Christians. This implies New Testament now. This implies they were Christians. What does this make me do? Makes me want to hold on to Jesus. Makes me want to have the fear of God. Makes me want to think, well, I, I already know all these other things. Folks, I know ministers, ministers who preach the gospel who, did, who today don't even believe. Don't even believe today. Slowly walked away, walked away, walked away, and now their backs just turned on the Lord. Fruit withered. Notice, notice the word here, withered. You see it? So they had fruit. They had fruit, but now it's just withered. In other words, not producing any more fruit. Just shriveled up, dead. Now, fruit that withers is rotten, right? It's rotten. It's not like, it's not like, hey, Pastor Dave, you want an apple? And I'm thinking, ooh, you know, it's, it's soft and mushy and maybe a worm or two in it. Like, thanks a lot, you know, throw it away, you know. No, you want something fresh. Say fresh. We should keep producing fresh fruit in our lives. We produce fruit that's wonderful. Season, but now you should produce fresh fruit. We shouldn't stop, right? Sometimes growth in Christianity is something that should go on and on and on. So here I, I'm pastoring here at this church. Now, when I was before I got saved, I didn't even know churches like this existed, and and so I come from. You know, just my straight Lutheran background. That's all I've known. But we get saved and we hunger for the Word of God. And we grow. But growth should never stop. Growth in the Word should never stop. We had a guy come one time, and, and uh, so he came years ago, and, and he prophesied. And he prophesied to people and this and that and so forth. And then, uh, so a couple years later or so, he was going to come back again. And I said, you know, we had a problem last time where you, you were here. And the problem is that, Cause it 
caused problems in people's lives. He said things to them, caused problems in their life. People left the church and so forth like that. And his response to me was, I don't miss it. I don't miss it. Now, the guy's standing at our house, and this is where that took place. And I said, you don't miss it? And I'm thinking, well, you'll miss being at this church from here on. <laughs> You're never coming back. So he comes to his message, comes to his message, you know, and he takes, takes his Bible, and he takes out a crumpled sheet of paper, you know, that he preached 50 other times in a message. Some worn out. Not fresh manna. Kind of gets through it, preaches it. Now he's going to prophesy. And so again, he's going to prophesy to people. His fruit had withered. Now the sad thing, he travels so much, he didn't even know it withered. And while I was trying to tell him, no, you did miss it and you need to settle down. He's gone through three divorces because he always travels. He hears the voice of God. He does this and that. Boy, God does great things and things. Somehow you'd think you'd kind of wake up, right? After your third divorce. And kind of think, hmm, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Fruit withered. Now it's rotten. Now it's not producing glory to Jesus Christ. Folks, I'm just going to be honest. Like, uh, people come, I'm going to be a fruit inspector. Like, no. Why? Well, pastors should watch for, for the sheep, Right? You're just going to let, hey, God, just go ahead and let her fly and say whatever you want. The Lord's in this. No, I'm not. Why? Because it destroys lives. It destroys lives. People trust us. And then they, well, he's having him and he must believe in this. It's all good. No, it's not all good. So, you know, you understand what I'm saying. You inspect the fruit. No, no, we're not going to have that anymore. Not going to do that. You have to be wise enough to see, is it good fruit or is it withered? <laughs> withered. Notice what it says, carried by the winds, fruit withered. And then it says, without fruit, goes farther. Now there's no more fruit. Now it says it's twice dead. Twice dead. What does that mean? It means they were born again and they died again. Twice dead. They were born once, born in the flesh once. Then they're born again in the spirit. Now they die in the spirit. Twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Wow. That's a sobering thing, isn't it? Turn to your neighbor and say, stay on guard. You know, you can't, you can't just assume, well, I'm a Christian and this, everything will just be fine. You can't assume, well, I go to that church, everything will be fine. No. doesn't matter, you know, where you go to church or how long you've been a Christian. The folks is you have to maintain the relationship with Jesus Christ. To maintain it. The best way I know to maintain that relationship is have a daily time with the Lord. Time in the Word of God, the Bible. That's why the devil hates the Bible, Michael, is because, because what it is, is the Word of God. People say, oh, we're not going to have the Bible around. It's the Word of God. Public school teacher had a Bible in his desk. He said, oh, you've got you to you take that away. Didn't even open it. Just the presence of something said, the Holy Bible. Ooh, freaks out the devil. So when you have a relationship with Jesus and you're, and you're ingesting good nutrients every day, the fruit production stays constant. Amen? It stays constant. It's how we are to live our lives until our last day. Amen? That's how we live out our lives. And we, you know, we're all going to die, right? So you want to live out your life for Jesus in faith 
trusting him. Yeah, wow. Carried about the winds. Fruits withered, without fruit, twice dead. Notice what it says. It's just a progression here. No water, carried winds, fruits withered, now no fruit, twice dead. It is pluck it up. It's over. Wow. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, again, just says a tree is known by its fruit. Every tree, every person now, we all are producing something. So when somebody is around you or me and they leave us, what kind of impression do they leave with? Did they leave with the impression like that, that was a godly person or that person was nice? or I'm talking about some sort of a good impression. Can we say amen? Or do we act roughly, mean, harsh? Every tree is known by its fruit. That's, that's how it is. And of course, in John 15, verse 4, John 15, verse 4 says, A branch cannot bear fruit. Now, we're talking about the good fruit of the Holy Spirit of Jesus by itself. In other words, it has to be attached so we're not talking about a church membership. We're talking about a relationship. You can go to church A, B, or C, but you have to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So the branch, by itself, I can't do anything. Unless it abides, it's attached to the vine, the true vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. So we can't bear fruit unless we are attached to Jesus Christ. Just and, and that's simply a relationship. It's not like on again, off again. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean you can't have a bad day or a bad moment. But by and large, your heart is reaching for Jesus. And I, you know, I guarantee you, if your heart's reaching for Jesus, you're going to have good days. You're going to have a blessed home. He wants to bless your relationships. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your kids. Amen. That's, that's, that's what he wants. John 15, verse 16. Just a couple more verses. So Jesus said, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, produce fruit. So this is the fruit of Jesus Christ. Your fruit should remain. And so it should be productive, excuse me, productive in this life. Even after we're past this life, there should be fruit, right? Fruit in, in uh, those that you love, especially family. Right? Family. Your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So the point of, thing I'm pointing out is that he's appointed us to go and produce fruit. Godly fruit. And our fruit should remain. It should be good fruit. Not withered. Not old. Not dead or stale or whatever. But it should be good fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith, and so forth. All those things are part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, attached to the Holy Spirit. So, ask yourself now, just ask. A prayer all the time should be, Lord, I just thank you for your grace. Say grace. Grace. That I can produce what you want me to produce. And then look at these attributes. And these are the attributes you want to glowingly have come out of your life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, you know, patience, kindness, where should this be? Well, first and foremost, it should be in your home. So, so if you're married, your spouse should sense it. If you have children, your children should sense it. If you've got grandkids, they should sense it. Right? 
it's like, it's like last night. There was a storm, and one of the grandkids, uh, you know, 10 years old, so he's in the storm, and the, everything's hammering on the car and so forth, and he's scared. And so he calls. He's got a phone, and he calls, and he's scared. Now, what, what kind of fruit are we going to have? Oh, no, this is awful. This is terrible. This is awful. No, that's not the fruit we're going to have. The fruit is, honey, it's going to be okay. A calm voice in the middle of situation, and, and uh, I knew what Radar was saying on the one hand, to say, it's going to be okay. What does, he want, what does that do to someone who's 10 years old? It gives them peace. First of all, he knows us. He knows our life. He knows the fruit. Kids, kids all the time will call. Even friends of theirs will call. And if, if Jeannie's at some house and they call her Nani, but they'll say, have Nani pray for you. Have Nani pray for you. They'll, these kids will say that. I mean, why they're seeing fruit? Well, a couple of their friends are Muslim kids. Have Nani pray for you. <laughs> a Christian God. The fruit, the fruit then draws people in like, oh, this is good. I mean, let's, let's say, don't you like good fruit? Did any of you eat fruit? <laughs> Folks, fruit is good. Hallelujah. Fruit is good. <laughs> I had to laugh one time. I listened to this one comedian. And, and uh, he was at this little, uh, you know, breakfast buffet, you know. And so he, he gets to the end of the buffet, and then he sees this huge pot of bacon. And then he looks at his plate, and he says, oh, what am I going to do with this worthless fruit? Because he said, I want the bacon. <laughs> what am I going to do with this worth? He had a plate of worth, what he called worthless fruit, because he saw what he thought was the most wonderful thing. I tell you, fruit is good. You know, you just eat it and eat it and eat it. And I remember time after football practice when it was like 100 degrees. And it was really tough, and you can't just drink water. These are pre-Gatorade days. How old is that, huh? Eeks. Pre-Gatorade days. And so they hauled out a flatbed of watermelons because they were trying to keep us hydrated. And so I can't believe how many watermelons, a lot of watermelons, because you, you had a whole team, you know, and slice. You know, these big guys would lose 10 pounds of water in a practice. And so they're slicing watermelons, and we're just eating watermelon to our heart's del- delight. Fruit is good. You know, fruit is something you want to saturate yourself with. You don't want a little fruit. You want a plate full of fruit. You don't want just a, a little apple, orange, banana. No, no, let's, let's have a lot. And, and that's how the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives. The fruit is our actions. So when I say fruit, equate it with actions. It would be terrible of me to come up here and say stuff, and my grandkids or somebody else watch this on a camera and think, boy, what a joke he is. That's something. I've got a grandson this morning. He's helping with the marathon and so forth. So later on, he might watch this. Now, if he looks at, oh, I'm going to watch what Papa says, and if he, th- what would he- that would be? But if he knows me and he knows my character and he knows my heart and he knows how he's treated and so forth, he's like, oh, that was a good word, Papa. Liked it. See, that's that's what Jesus is doing in all of us. Amen. That's what he's doing. He's producing. He's the Holy Spirit produces these good fruits. For his glory. One last scripture, Colossians 1.10. So the goal then is that we can be fruitful, walk worthy of the Lord and so forth, pleasing Jesus Christ. Notice this line, fruitful in every good work 
As, of course, we keep increasing in the knowledge of God. Well, it's amazing. I read my Bible and I think, oh, man, that's so good. Well, I've probably read it. How many, God only knows how many other times before, but it's still good. You, you've eaten hamburgers probably not just once, but many times in your life. You've had pizza or whatever. You keep eating it, but it's like, oh, that's good. You're feeding your spiritual hunger with the Word of God. And it says we can be fruitful in every good work. Fruitful. Say fruitful. <laughs> so, so everything you're doing, and, and bring it again, like when you talk about listening to the Holy Spirit, you bring it into your everyday life. The, today, if you have, see your family, you have lunch, or you're around people, how you treat them, what you say, all that is good. Amen? All that is good. You know, you want to, and again, if you've got children, you want to keep blessing them like that. If you've got a spouse, you want to keep hugging them. Some of you have lost spouses. And those are difficult things, very difficult things. So if you're married, you're, you want to appreciate that. You want to do your best to make that the best you can be. Same with your kids. Same with loved ones that you're around. And use the Internet to spread that good news, amen, that Jesus loves them. So let's pray here. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the vine, the true vine, Jesus, that you are. And we thank you, Lord, for touching our lives. And Father, by your grace, we want to walk closer with you every day. Father, I pray by your grace you would help every one of us here to be in your word, to hear your voice. And Lord, that we could increase, Lord, in, in the things of, of God, that we could be fruitful in every good work, that fruit would just flow out of us, Lord. Wonderful fruit, fresh fruit, fresh fruit. So, Lord, I just speak over people here today and people even watching us on this video right now. Fresh fruit, fresh fruit in the name of Jesus, fresh fruit. And, Lord, we thank you for impacting not just our little world, but our world at large, Lord, people around us. Impacting this world, our nation, this world, with your gospel, Lord Jesus, in touching people's lives. So, Father, we thank you for this now. I thank you for your blessing on each one. And even as it's shared, Lord, on the Internet, I thank you for your blessing to touch other lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, anybody fire starters, come on up to the campus and uh, help us out this afternoon as we pass out uh, gospel booklets. It's going to be a great day. Step out to the student union and uh, you'll see others there, amen, along with, of course, a lot of other groups. So, join us this afternoon. Tonight, Brother Isaac's going to share tonight. Bring a friend. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.